everybody. Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Benelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dimato Bono. Fellas, we're live. We're can, live, I can, live. I can touch you guys. Live, live, live. It yeah, weird. it's weird. And I could also punch Ray in the face. Please do. Tread lightly. You want to take a nap, bro? Fucking choke your ass out. That nap sounds amazing, actually. But not like that nap. Fellas, how we doing? Christmas has just passed. Got some bowl games go- underway. And the big bowl games, obviously, this weekend. Getting pumped up. Yeah, pumped. Honestly, I just, I obviously want to see this fucking football. And it's going to be an amazing weekend, especially when we get to the college football playoff. But I want that to come as slowly as possible. But when it gets here, I'm pumped for sure. Right. How we doing, buddy? Big Ohio State weekend. Yeah, I mean, New Year's Eve, it's all Ohio State based. So, you know, going to probably not take this, take this year off, not go out to the bars <laughs> and just get blacked out of my basement so. you're fucking lying you're coming i'm not going anywhere bro fuck that eight o'clock start i mean honestly we got shafted eight o'clock on new year's eve it's tough you can't do it you can't go out like i'm not going to a bar with ohio state on so you know take this one off not wow like, i'm a soldier that's actually the softest thing i've ever heard in my I don't life. Know, is it soft or is that a true fan it's not we're gonna have it on big screens you could you could watch it and fucking go nuts in front of a sea of people twerking in their asses. It's cool. God gives his strongest, his toughest challenges to his strongest shoulders. So, you know. Shoulders. <laughs> strongest shoulders. Fuck. That, was, that was a mouthful. That was. That was. That was a mouthful. That was OG Ray, though. All right, That fellas. was twerky, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting to the game. Damn, around the holidays, too. Dude. I know. Shit. Shit. All right, fellas. Uh, before we get to some college football playoff stuff, we're going to preview some of these New Year's Six Bowl games. Um, first one on tap for us, the Orange Bowl, number seven, Clemson versus number six, Tennessee. Clemson, a five-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, Clemson started the year 8-0 before having their first loss to Notre Dame and then South Carolina, but a win over UNC in the ACC championship. Clemson has now won seven of the last ACC titles. Absolutely crazy. Just dominance. Um and their team fucking sucked yeah. this year. <laughs> um, we saw their future at QB last week with Kate Klubnick replacing DJ, um, who is now transferring to Oregon State, which I actually think is a good fit. They had a good defense this year. They just were really missing a quarterback. Um, for Tennessee, they also started the year 8-0, got to number one in the college football playoff rankings uh, with massive wins over LSU and Alabama. The undefeated streak came to an end with a road loss at Georgia, and then they also lost to South Carolina in Week 11, where they lost their quarterback, Hennett Hooker, um, to an ACL injury, putting his season at an end. Rough. And his career likely at an end, yeah. uh, looking towards the NFL. Um, Great for, season, though. Yeah, it was it was really an awesome season for Hooker. It was unfortunate that it had to end that way. Mm-hmm. Um, for Clemson in this game, no Miles Murphy will declare for the NFL. Uh, Trenton Simpson out with an injury. He will not play and is likely headed to the NFL as well. Brian Brissy's status up in the air. Um, he's going to play, but some people are speculating that he could come back, which is crazy as a projective, uh, projected first-round pick this year. And then for Tennessee, the two big wide receivers, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, will not play in this game and are headed to the NFL. So a lot of talent going to the NFL will not play in this game. It'll be nice to see Kate Klubnick kind of take over the reins. Ray, what are you looking for in this game? If there's anything that we can look for, uh, I guess we're looking at Brissy mostly. Wait, you said Brissy. There's a chance people are speculating he may uh, return. He, he may return. 
I think that makes more a lot of sense for him personally, just because I feel like he didn't really look at his explosive this year coming off that ACL. So maybe he wants to get another year in that system and just hopefully show that his athleticism returns to where he was um, last year. Because he, I feel like he's like, his athleticism is the money maker for him, and yeah. he just looked a little uh, stiff and like especially not as dynamic in the pass rush. So that's good to see. But in terms of, of this game, it's Club Nick. I think that's who everyone yeah. wants to see. Obviously. Uh, Tennessee is Milton starting for them too? Is that who their starting quarterback yeah. is now? That guy stinks. Milton the third. That guy blows. So I really do think it's probably just going to be uh, Shipley and uh, Klubnik show. So that's Clemson offense should still be fun to watch. Hopefully, um, and gives us a good insight into their team next year because yeah. you know this team's built on nil. Um, True that God's name, image, and likeness. So <laughs> and after this Christmas Day, you know they're just they're, they're a holy team. So I think they're going to win. <laughs> I can't believe you said that out loud. Bananas. That's wild. I can't. I can't even relate. Yeah, but you basically some. You know, did a perfect summary on the game. I guess this would be kind of a, uh, really kind of a you know uh, a rehearsal for you know Club Nick and what exactly like you said how they're going to look next year. Is there any chance you think if he plays really poorly that that they would look for the transfer portal maybe no. maybe more aggressive and possibly um i don't think so i don't know what their recruiting class looks like um if they're bringing any quarterbacks in but he was a highly touted quarterback yeah i know he was... in, and it was a it was a competition at the at the start of the year um but if you was... that that's why i'm saying it because if you technically lost to dj you might suck yeah he was a freshman he was a freshman and dj was uh, that's was, fair dj was a five-star okay. himself they have um the number seven pocket passer coming in. He's like a, a four-star top 300 guy. Uh, they, they recruited such a high level. So I feel like they have quarterbacks on the roster, but maybe you're right. Maybe they do want to bring in a veteran who could challenge him and push him. But mm-hmm. I mean, Club Nick was a number one quarterback in the class last year. Yeah. So I feel like it's his job. He, he's played well too. Like when, when we've seen him in his opportunities, he's played really well. Uh, yeah. Just, just devil's advocate seeing if there's anything else to look forward to in this game. Right. All right, should be a good one. Uh, let's get to the Sugar Bowl. Got number nine, Kansas State, against number five, Alabama. Alabama, a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now, and we think there could be money to have. Um, with Definitely. that wide, uh, Kansas State, the outright Big 12 champion for the first time since 2003. Uh, for Alabama, after a 6-0 and start, they fell to Tennessee in a late-second field goal and then lost to LSU on a two-point conversion a few weeks later. Um for Alabama, it's definitely a disappointing year. They had all the expectations coming in with arguably two of the three best college football players um, in the country. Mm-hmm. However, we will get to see Bryce Young and Will Anderson play one more time in this game, which is really nice uh, with all these guys opting out of their bowl games. Uh, Bryce is the only Alabama quarterback in history to win the Heisman, and Will Anderson is the only Alabama player to be unanimous two-time All-American so both can be uh, expecting their names to go very early in this upcoming draft. Dean, anything we're looking for outside of uh, of Bryce and and Will Anderson? Like you said, this is a, another big opportunity for them to, you know, not nothing their- crazy. Uh, I feel like it's fair that we kind of go into what you said at the jump, which is might be money to be made here at, right now as it stands. Bama's only. Um, you know, a six and a half point favorite, which I find really interesting considering, like you said, arguably two out of the three best players in college football are playing. And I'm still kind of surprised that they are, but I, 
you know, kudos to them going against the grain. Obviously, we see more and more as the years go on that really, you know, highly touted prospects, if they don't make it to the college football playoff and they're just in, you know, bowl games, no matter how big they are, they just, you know, they they opt out and look forward to the future. And you really can't blame them. But I think that this is going to be potentially a really good way of I, I just weirdly see Bryce Young coming out and just fucking playing amazing and just really solidifying himself as probably the number one pick or number two, but definitely the f- first QB off the board, uh, you know, ahead of CJ Stroud. And I'd be remiss not to say that fuck Kansas state, obviously for <laughs> being the big 12 championship and uh, taking it from the horn frogs. But I will say, I think that's going to end up being a positive for the horn frogs. They'll chink in the armor before they, uh, they go out and fuck up Michigan. Yeah. It's always really interesting too. When, uh, when NFL evaluators talk about these bowl games, I always feel like they're weighted so heavily for some reason. Maybe it's because they're not watching every single game of these guys, but you'd have to assume that most NFL evaluators have seen pretty much every game that Bryce Young has yeah. played and pretty much every game that CJ Stroud has played. Like, And they'll weight this game so heavily where Bryce Young looks awesome against Kansas State. Like He's locked into number one, and then maybe CJ struggles a little bit against an insane Georgia defense. Like he's not as good as we thought he was. So it'll be really interesting to, to hear like true. the narrative yeah. that, that come away from this game. Ray, anything to add with this one? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I just love how all these Alabama guys are playing in this bowl game. It's, it's awesome. good. For, it's good for it college football awesome. just because I feel like these bowl games definitely don't mean as much anymore, but it's good to see like the elite of the elite talent who are definitely on their way out uh, finish, like, finish what they started. So that's pretty cool. And then I guess in terms of Alabama too, I, I kind of want to see some of these, hopefully see some of these young receivers because I think that was their downfall this year. I think their, their receivers just weren't up to par for what they usually do. And I think they want to get back to where they they expect to be every year in the playoffs and in the national championship hunt. Um, they, some of these young guys that they recruited have to step up. So hopefully they get some more reps, see if someone flashes who can make, potentially take over that number one role uh, next year. Right. And we're, we're talking about the guys opting out right now and – it's great that these Alabama guys are playing, but I feel like in these next few years, we're obviously going to see less and less of that with uh, an expanded playoff. I think it'll be really good for, for college football. You keep the interest, obviously, on the sport longer and you get these guys playing a little bit longer. Um, should be good. Be, I'd love to see like some of these some of these matchups mean something, um, how how they used to. It was, it was awesome when teams made the Rose Bowl, yeah. and now it just it doesn't feel that way, sort of. Um but yeah, it should be another good one. I think we're all smashing that uh, six and a half for Alabama. But yeah, I think so too. We'll talk about that at another time. Yeah. Uh, third game we're looking at is the Cotton Bowl, number ten USC versus number sixteen Tulane. Um, Tulane in its first New Year's Six Bowl since nineteen forty. Gotta love that. Unbelievable season for the Green Wave. Um, really respect what they've done over the past few years, making bowl games three of the last four years. Uh, for USC, Caleb Williams won the Heisman. He's coming back. He'll be the presumptive number one pick going into next year. Um, and they were one game away from the college football playoff in Lincoln Riley's first season. Uh, Jordan Addison will not play due to injury in this game. Caleb Williams did say a few weeks ago that he would play, but who knows if, if Riley wants to to push him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray, what are you looking for in this one? I mean, I think Caleb Williams, I think it'd be kind of crazy for him to play in this game. Just like and he already won the highs when he's banged up. We saw him um, play on pretty much one leg in that yeah. last game. I think you got to rest him and just look forward to next season. 
Uh, in terms of Tulane, this is obviously the biggest test of their season. Uh, they handled that their uh, conference well, but this USC offense is fast-paced and high-powered, regardless of if uh, Caleb's going to be behind center or not. So I'm curious to see how they handle the tempo, and they've been susceptible against the run this year. I think they allow like 150 yards again, uh, on the ground. So I feel like uh, USC is going to take advantage of that high-tempo offense and just run down their throats. So right. I kind of like USC here. Two and a half is kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to be honest. I feel like that line is definitely insinuating that Caleb – won't be playing. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, but I will say you gotta put some respect on on our official twenty twenty two college football cover gods of the year, which are Tulane against the spread. They had the best against the spread record in the whole country. And definitely gotta put some respect on that name. They played amazing they had an amazing season. And I don't know, I'm on the other side of that coin, right? I'm going Tulane here. Like it. I'm, I'm going on the money line. Andrew, Ooh. Andrew Voorhees, also a guard for for USC, will not play in this game too. Um, so tough. We want to see a couple of those. Addison's not playing. I'm assuming. Right? Addison's out with an injury, so he's not going to play. So it would have been nice to see some of these draft eligible guys play, but I digress. We talk about these guys opting out anyway. Um, last New Year's Six game, we're going to talk about the Rose Bowl, greatest of them all, granddaddy of them all. And, uh, number eight, Utah. Number 11, Penn State. Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now for Utah. Unbelievable what they've done. Back-to-back Pac-12 champions. Um, and what a season and what a career it's been for, for Cam Rising, really, these last two years. He does have an a eligi- uh, year left of eligibility, so a possible comeback. Um, who knows? Uh, Ray and I have spoken about this over the last few weeks. That we do kind of like him as a late-round guy, um, like his toughness. Um so and he shows you flashes of that arm being. He does. He does. He's a good more player. impressive than people. He's you a good know, player. It'll people a, say it to be. He'll be an interesting guy to to scout, especially as one of those, you know, day two, day three. I'll tell you this for his draft stock and moving forward, whether even if he was to stay another year, that you know, obviously that Pac-12 championship game will be, you know, one of his crowning jewels for sure. He played great there. Right. Um. For a guy who does have another year of eligibility left, we're going to the other side. For a guy, thank God, he doesn't have another year <laughs> Um, Sean Clifford will play his last game for Penn State and leave as the all-time leader in passing yards, the all-time leader in touchdowns. Um, Are you proud to say these things? It sounds so bad. Coming out of my <laughs> it sounds so bad coming out of my mouth, but um, he's been there for six years, so how could he not be the uh, the all-time leader in touchdowns? Um guys who are opting out of this game both with big time corners on both sides joey porter jr for penn state and clark phillips the third for utah will not play and then the best pass catchers for both teams parker washington out with an injury for penn state and dalton kincaid the tight end for utah is opting out um it still should be a really good game it's two gritty ass teams two gritty quarterbacks honestly as as much as we this will like be fun on this will just be fun football it really will be a fun football game i think it two teams that uh, honestly match up really well. Um, I think it could be a dogfight. And um, for Penn State, obviously, the look is towards the future with with Aller, but Clifford will get his one last time. And got Aller and the the two freshmen running back. So all things positive for Penn State, I think. Um, But, yeah, should be a good one. I like how this is on uh, Monday, too. So, like, it's, like, going to be the only game – the only like the big bowl games that day too, so all of our attention is gonna be on the Rose Bowl. I think that's pretty cool. Right. Uh, any word on Jair Brown? Is he playing? Uh, I believe he's supposed to play. Love that. Yeah. 
Franklin always gets those guys to play. Mm. Gotta no. love it. I think I think they're spot on with this line, you know, with Utah being just a slight favorite coming off that Pac-12 championship. But like we said, this is just going to be fun. I feel like I really feel like both of these offenses are just going to let, you know, their gritty quarterbacks just kind of get after it and kind of unlock the offense. There might be just like a lot of points scored. It might just be honestly a really fun game. Yeah, should be a good one. Hopefully, uh, Penn State comes away with a win. It'll be a nice way to end the season. We are. We are, baby. <laughs> we are looking forward to next season. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for the New Year's Six. Now for the main course. College football playoff. Ray's fucking licking his chops right now. Ray's literally like salivating right now. It looks like a dog. Um, first game. It's the Peach Bowl. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. Um, Georgia a six and a half point favorite right now. They've arguably been the best team in college football all season. Um, Ohio State gets in after the USC loss. This should be a really good one. I'm going to let Ray talk first about this game, obviously, with his Ohio State. But Ohio State has struggled this year, especially in the red zone, uh, which I think will be the biggest key for them is putting touchdowns in the end zone when they have their opportunities. they got to make all of them count. Ray, how do you see this game playing out? I mean, I think it's just going to start up front on both sides of the ball. I think um, in particular, Jalen Carter, they have to like make him so he cannot ruin the game because if he gets pressure up the middle on Stroud, we all, we've all we talked about all year, Stroud's not the best when it comes to the off schedule and getting outside of the pocket and creating plays. So if they can keep Stroud in the pocket and keep him upright, and then I guess the counter that too, it also can come down to Ryan Day not being a moron and maybe having a good game plan because his game, some of his play calling is just so stale this season. He's got to like go back to go back to the drawing board and like do what he was doing when he was the offensive coordinator. Like mm-hmm. it, some of these play calls, no under, if I see it under center, I'm going to freak the fuck out. <laughs> enough of that shit. We all know he runs it every time it's under center. It's brutal. Um, and on the flip side, I mean, yeah, makes sense and better beat you. It's really they've been getting gashed. They've been getting killed on these big ass runs. That's what been. That's what cost them against Michigan. Those big plays, um, wrap up tackle and Jim Knowles. Time to make your money. You're the highest paid uh, assistant coach in the country. You did a good job, I think, turning over this defense a little bit. But that last game still uh, leaves a sour taste in everyone's mouth. Can't have that shit happen again. So um, I think that our defense is going to play a better game. I don't. I'm really Georgia's offense doesn't really scare me that much. I know it's crazy to undefeated and put up fucking tons of points, but they don't really scare me that much at all. I am scared of that Georgia defensive front though. So I think it's going to come down to this our offensive line trying to just move bodies, you know? Yeah. yeah. Move bodies and keep shout upright. Yeah. No, uh, I, I definitely want to first kind of address how the Ohio state defense, how, you know, their game plan going into Michigan really. Cause I actually genuinely believe it was really on the surface, a good game plan. It's deceiving because obviously they let up a few of those big runs towards the end. The, the, the two notable one that really kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin. The other one was kind of the game was already done, but they really kind of sold out for the run because they 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 wanted to let you know the Michigan quarterback just beat them. And I think they need to essentially do the same thing against this Georgia team. And I feel like this whole month of preparation has been strictly on the back end of this defense and making them disciplined and making them ready to play some real keep it in front of you defense and really allow, like you just said, this Georgia offense to 
really only be able to win by letting Stetson Bennett beat them. And I agree. And then on to the offense for Ohio State. Obviously, this is an awesome offense and can absolutely prove that it has some crazy firepower. I feel like we really need to see these, you know, Ohio State wide receivers have, you know, pretty old world games just kind of bust bust out maybe like a slant or two to the crib, something like that. And CJ Stroud really needs to play, you know, he needs to play clean football. And like you said, it's all going to be really maintaining that solidarity in the middle of that offensive line to allow CJ Stroud to do what he does best. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see what Ohio State has game plan for these tight ends. Obviously, Bowers is an animal, but Darnell Washington too. Like they just got dudes, and it's a it's a tough game plan to game plan for mm-hmm. two tight ends that are such physical freaks. Um, I'd be really curious to see what what they have game plan for that. But it's going to be awesome matchups all across the board. Jalen Carter versus this offensive line. You're gonna get to look at Paris Johnson against this defensive line. You're gonna get matchups with Marvin Harrison Jr. And Keely Ringo. Oh, Marvin Harris do it torch that fucking it's gonna, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be really good. There's I, I so much NFL talent in this game. Um, I feel like you need like a I feel like you need like a 10 for 170 and two touchdowns for, for Harrison. I really think that Georgia's gonna play uh, a lot of zone. I don't think they're gonna want to match up against these receivers at all. I think there's gonna be a lot of zone, and I think that's really what's shown that's Ohio State's offensive kind of got in trouble. I think when Shroud doesn't see it right away. The play calls are designed man beaters, and that's when he kind of struggles. So um, they got to be aware of that, and they're I think the play calling has to uh, reflect that. Right, give me a score and a winner. Um, Ohio Ooh. State thirty five, Georgia thirty one. Ooh, by you, Dean. Um, fuck. The line is what six, six and a half, six and a half now. Um, I'm gonna be a Vegas cock, and I'll go. I'll go, fuck, this is hard. I'm going to go 28-35, Georgia. Should be a good one. Looking forward to it. Um, I feel like that was the matchup we were all hoping for for the the national championship at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would be nice to get these teams to to actually play each other. Be a really good one. All right, let's go to the last one for the college football playoff, the Fiesta Bowl, number two, Michigan, number three, TCU, team of destiny, Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really fucking are. Michigan, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, for each of these teams, the conference championships, Michigan was in a tight game um, for the first half and then pulled away um, with their second-half running attack that they've just dominated people. Mm-hmm. They've just really burned people out with this, this run game all season. Um, we obviously saw TCU suffer their first loss, uh, falling in overtime to Kansas State. This TCU offense has been really good all year with Max Duggan, Quinn Johnson, Kendra Miller. Um, should be a good test for them going against a strong Michigan front, especially. Um, but this TCU defense just got carved up by Deuce Vaughn when they played Kansas State. little worried about yeah. that when they have to go against this dominant rushing attack and this dominant offensive line for Michigan. Do you know how you see this game playing out? Yeah, no. Uh, I kind of want to go back to what I said previously about how Ohio State, I in my I in really my opinion, had the correct game plan going into Michigan. And I feel like TCU, even though it obviously royally failed, though that Ohio State defensive plan, I feel like they're really going to need to adopt it and just 
execute it much, much better. This is a slightly above average rushing defense, uh, slightly, but this, you know, this rushing offense for Michigan on paper, it should basically just run three times and it'll be a first down every time and just march down the field. So they're really going to have to, for the most part, sell out for the run on early downs. They're really going to have to because um, Daniel's passing efficiency in the later in later downs drops tremendously. So they really just going to have to. Who's Daniels? Do you mean JJ McCarthy? JJ, I meant JJ McCarthy. I'm sorry. You think JT Daniels? Daniels? Yeah, my bad. I apologize. Um, so I'm sorry. I was going to call. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> my bad. So yes, the Mich- the Michigan quarterback, his and their passing efficiency drops tremendously when you get into later downs and it's above five yards. You know, third and long, and really they do a great job of creating those third and shorts, second and short, using their running game. So they really need to sell out early downs. And they might get burned a few times for doing this, but they're going to have to really just keep them in check. And then when we go back to the offensive, obvious game plan for TCU, they're just going to have to do what they do best. Max Duggan is going to have to have a second Heisman game, which we saw that Kansas State game. And in my opinion, and I believe you agree with me, Sauce. I think that my, I well, think for my bet purposes, I believe this. I think, I think that was, game. I think that was a Heisman game, and I think they did win it. Obviously, you saw Kendrick Miller extend and was wildly over the uh, the plane to break for that touchdown. Um, obviously, zebras had money on that game, but I digress. Really, this is a offense and I've said this so many times and they never they're never able to do it but Kendrick Mill is a really good really really good good running back he really is Uh, sadly this offensive line just doesn't create the push that they need in order for Kendrick Miller to get efficient yards I mean I test wise he passes it but this is gonna they need to somehow establish some sort of run it can't just be 900 tons on Max Duggan's back They, they really need to have Kendrick Miller you know, hit some gashes and then, you know, make them feel it on the back end when they, you know, overcompensate for the run. That's that's really going to be their bread and butter. I'm I'm not delusional. This is eight and a half points or eight points, whatever it is, the, the spread for a reason. It is going to be – it would need to be a semi-miracle for TCU to really win this one. Right, I know you're looking for hopefully a rematch, Ohio State, Michigan – yeah, no, you yeah. see it playing out that way. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a brutal matchup for TCU. Um, I think yeah. these, these teams are kind of similar in a sense. Like, they're kind of uh, constructed similarly, but the mission is better. I think they're tougher up front on both sides of the ball. I think it's going to be a close game in the first half, and I think Michigan ends up pulling away. And then just betting-wise, I kind of want to take this under 58 and a half. I think it's going to be um, I think it's gonna be a gritty, uh, t- grinded-out game. I think both teams are going to try to run the ball. Um, so I really like it. But yeah, um, I I think don't even think it'd be fair if we see TCU in the obviously in the championship game. So yeah, I want to I want to rematch with these fuckers. <laughs> if TCU ended up making the national championship, that'd be absolutely crazy. Come on, what week did I call it that they would make it? I don't know. Week but, four. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I know. But if it, if they win the national championship, I I'm getting a horn frog on my ass. Uh, just a short few weeks ago, Dean was selling out for Utah, but yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, Utah? What back twelve? They won. Sure, word. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, fellas, that'll wrap Which it up. I predict. <laughs> that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our college football big time bowl game preview. Um, come back. We're gonna have a lot of draft stuff coming up um as soon as the season wraps up. So stay with us for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two and stick with us as we continue this 2022-2023 season. Fellas, appreciate you. One love.